faster now than they've ever been And I'm taking all the time that I require It's all undone when I see her again And it hits me like a cannon fire To Radio Plasma, space dedicated to the exchange of ideas, conversations, stories, music, performances, and randomness. 
listen at radioplasma.com. Also, we are on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn, and Stitcher. I'm your producer and host, Johan Rashivega, and today we have in the studio Greg Hall, who is going to talk about the new release of a live album, but also we're going to get to know a little bit about the secrets behind making a project like this, because making a live album has its magic, its charm, and its challenges, <laughs> and we want to know all about that. Greg, thank you for being here and welcome. Oh, thank you for having me. It's great to be here. So, we started listening to your music, and this is one of the songs that is part of the new production of this new album that is going to be released and featured actually here in Holyoke. Yeah, exactly. It's right. Uh, we're releasing the record on September 7th, and we're doing a CD release show on September 9th at, at Gateway City Arts, and that's a that's a Sunday night there, so it's gonna be a it's gonna be a real good time. The tune that uh the tune that you heard coming in is called Diamond of the Valley, um, being a being a resident of the Pioneer Valley, it, it winds its way into my tunes quite a bit, and it's just about a specific person living in the valley, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's a uh, Well, I guess we'll get more into that tune in a minute, I guess. But yeah, that's that's the name of the tune. Diamond of the Valley, brand new tune coming on this live record. So you are music composer, performer, but also you have a very interesting process that involves getting collaborations and getting with everything around the area. I <laughs> want to make that, that emphasis that you mentioned being from the valley. So this is basically one of the core elements on your whole project and your whole creation. Yeah, everything, you know, everything I've written for the past, you know, I've uh, been living in the valley for seven years now. And there's something very special about this area. I grew up, um, I grew up in Connecticut on a farm. And then I went to college for music at Westfield State, and I was, that was close enough to um, Northampton. I was winding up in Northampton all the time to go see shows and knew I had to move out there after. And there's something very special about the music scene where everybody works together, and I want to I wanna experience all of that. It's a very special music scene. Um, it's small. It's a very, like, everyone knows everybody. Um, but it's special, you know, and there's something about it. There's something about this area, something about the musicians that I just really love and just don't really want to leave. And uh, it, like I said, it makes its way into quite a bit of my tunes uh, just because I love it. So. And with your music also comes a lot of storytelling as well. For sure. Um, my favorite, uh, well, the point of me playing music ever since, really ever since I picked up the guitar, was to write songs. That's what I always wanted to do. And my favorite songwriters, uh, like modern songwriters like Josh Ritter, um, they are just amazing at, at telling you everything you need to know in that story. And I also love a lot of the classic country all the way up really through the 90s for country music. And they're amazing in a different way on their storytelling, where there tends to be a sparseness in the way they write. But you you feel what they're saying. And uh, I feel like if I can get a, a, a perfect balance of the, 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 the crafting a story and then with so few words really making you feel the way I'm feeling, then I feel like I've written a good tune at that point. <laughs> what made you realize it was through music the way you wanted to express and communicate? 
That's a very that's a very interesting question. It's it's really interesting because my family uh, growing up, no one was no one was really musical. It just kind of came. I saw someone playing a guitar and uh, decided I wanted one for my birthday, and that's what I got. And it's it's really crazy. I didn't have you know I don't have that story of it was born into me or anything. It's just once I picked one up, I knew. I will say, once I picked it up, I knew that's what I was going to do forever. Um, I've always been a creative person. I always wanted to draw and write, and um, I think music is just a perfect combination of all this stuff. And and uh, you get to connect to so many people through through a song or through a concert. You know, it's an amazing feeling. How this passion became now a way to interconnect with other creators like you and to start reaching out and finding a network and creating one and having collaborations. So I do on on YouTube, I do this series called Greg Hall Interviews. And um, we're on a bit of a hiatus now, but it is coming back in either uh, September or October. We're going to come back with a bunch of new bands. But what I do is you get other local Uh, musicians and I, I sit on the other side and I, I conduct the interview while they tell me about their project or their concert and it's great because I like to try to get more into uh, the process of the songwriting. Um, one thing as a local player, if you're not signed to a label or anything, it's really hard to get on a radio spot or it's hard to get any promotion um, and it's kind of this Uh, it's this tough thing because everything you apply to, whether it be a festival or to try to get onto a small label or a publicist or anything like that, they want to see what you've done. But if you've never, it's like if you don't have these people, then you've never done anything. So I'm trying through that series to give these bands and myself a platform to say, this is something that we're proud of that we've done. And uh, we're happy with the interview. We're happy with the songs we played. And, and um, I'm happy that I get to do it. And, and I think the bands that have done it have really loved it so far. So um, it, it, it's just one of those, it came out of necessity. It's like, I couldn't get on, I couldn't get on radio and I couldn't get on that stuff. So it's like, well, shoot, we're going to do it ourselves. And, and, and we did. <laughs> Taking the whole project upon yourself and basically that's another way to inspire and help other creators other musicians to get together to follow your steps and create not only your own audience but also create your own platform and mm -hmm. your own way to to get your art and your work spread out so that's That's an amazing task. I, I really commend you for, for that work because it's, I know what it is to have that need and to all of a sudden say, you know what? I'm going to do it myself. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 you know, we were talking about how the live record came. I'm sure we'll get more into that. But that's how the live record came to be, too. It was a, we needed a new record to come out. Our last studio record, uh, Mountain Glow, came out in 2016. So if you go more than kind of two years, you become a little obsolete, especially when you're trying, you know, if you're trying to promote, if I'm trying to go play Kentucky and I say the last gig or the last uh, CDA release was in 2016, they won't even open that email or they won't respond to that email, I should say. Um, so you got to have constant, constant new music. Um, but our next studio project is... Uh, going to be a much bigger um, 
a much bigger production, which costs more money, costs more everything. Um, but we needed to do something, and the live record was like, well, we've got, we're very happy in that the barn house where we recorded is, it's a demo studio, and it's where my band kind of practices, um, but we've got it all. We've got all the mics, we've got the board, we've got everything you need, and we got, um, we got 35 close friends and family and stuff, and they were our audience, and we just cut a live record because we just had to do it and we had the chance to do it and we and we just we just went out and did it instead of waiting for someone to kind of come to us that was the big that was a big thing for us <laughs> so doing this record was again uh, another part of the the process and another step into this let's create our own platform and let's make it happen and let's make it work for us yes that was the whole that was the whole thing my goal was a uh, um the pricing of the ticket and, and everything. The goal of that night was that from those 35, um, from those 35 tickets sold, I could pay the players in my band that night, and the rest, I'm gonna figure out how to create the CD to get all the artwork done and everything. But you know, it's like we we made just enough money to pay our band, and it was that's all you need, you know. And, and you figure it all out, and it's it's this from the ground DIY, uh, do it because you have to thing and and I'm really passionate about that stuff because if you if you wait around it's never gonna happen you know it's just unless you get real lucky but it's it, it's tough <laughs> especially when you know how capable you are of doing things by yourself when you are crafting your words your music playing it singing performing by yourself and you know it's all made by you yeah. getting a live album produced is so compelling to just do it the same way because you want to have that full control and, and knowing that every small detail in it, <laughs> it was made by you. Yeah, made yeah, made by me and my my wonderful band. Um, and I've I pride I pride um, what I do and what my band does in that we put on a great live show. We really do, and uh, it's a different energy than you can get in a studio. And man, when we listened back to the rough mixes right off the board the day after the show, I just, I couldn't stop smiling. I was like, this is gonna be, this is gonna be good. You know, all this stuff that I've thought about our live show, but you know, you hear the videos coming off of someone's iPhone and stuff, but we heard it coming off of a full studio setup, full microphones, full everything. And you're like, wow, this is, this is just wonderful. This is amazing. And uh, just reaffirmed everything I already thought, but, uh, feels good, <laughs> you know, it feels good to feel it. <laughs> so after you finish the recording and you get to enjoy that accomplishment, what happened after? How was the yeah. process of the mixing, mastering? Yeah, this is, this is where it gets, <laughs> this is where music turns into a business um, for sure. So I gave myself um, a couple of weeks of just listening kind of to those rough mixes right off the board um, really to make, really to make the decision of, um, should this go to record, you know, should this turn into something? Um, uh, cause if we needed to, if we needed to reset and do it again, we could have, you know, we could have done it. Um, but I, I loved the way we did the tunes that night and everything was just, it, it was great. So then after that process, it turns into, well, figuring out how much everything is going to cost, who costs what, um, 
who can mix a record, who can master a record, who can do your artwork, and, and what do these people all cost, and how can I make all that money? And um, so there's that spreadsheet somewhere on my computer right now. Um, and it was mixed um, by the uh, wonderful local musician who any local musician will know him. His name is Reed Sutherland. He also happens to be the bassist in my band. Um, he's just wonderful. So he did the mixes of the record, and then we sent it off for mastering at Sewn Lab in, in East Hampton. They're in the Eastworks building there. And it's just a lot of reaching out to people, a lot of doing that. And But once that's done, it's kind of a funny process because you're just waiting. You're waiting for people to mix. You're waiting for people to master. So pretty much this whole summer, um, I've been patiently waiting <laughs> or trying to be patient, you know. Um, but in the past couple of weeks you know the record comes out on september 7th so this is crunch time for me you know i did all my work in the early stages and then i let i, I put my trust in other people and now it's all it's back on me again um doing the promotion making sure the cds get ordered you know those are getting ordered this week making sure the artwork gets done and you find a good person to do all that and um so it's crunch time for me again promoting promoting that gateway show promoting everything um but um, as much as i pride myself in making things happen for myself, you also have to realize um, what you're not good at. And I'm not good at mixing. I can't master a record. I don't know graphic design programs. So it's like you got you to gotta put your trust in people and then just patiently wait. <laughs> and and, and uh, we'll pay them fairly. That's a huge, that's a huge thing in this world because we don't make, none, none of us make money. You know, none of us make money. But when we have the money, you got to give it to your your friends and your colleagues that are that are working really hard for their craft too, you know. <laughs> um, so that's 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 really where we're at now, and we're about a month out. Well, less than a month from the record coming out. So, really important those points you make about knowing where you are not strong at yeah. and having to actually let go of that control and trust mm. <laughs> and trust on the skills of someone who's going to take that responsibility in in any in any creative form but i i know the music world so i'll talk in that world um it's uh, if someone's better than you at something it doesn't mean you'll never be good at it it just means maybe put your trust in them a bit you know if someone can master a record or if someone can make an amazing album cover or um, I hired a professional photographer for the first time ever to do a whole bunch of just new shots um, for the website when it used to just be like my friends and I hanging out and we'd grab something that someone took but now it's like I hired a professional photographer and we got some professional photographer shots um, and it's even in the songwriting world I think a thing with songwriting is we um, I know I can write lyrics and I know I can put a tune together, but there's definitely elements of tunes that maybe someone that's focused more on chord harmony and stuff can really put some insight into your tune. Not that they're going to change any everything, but they might give you that one little thing that just really sets that tune over the edge. Um, so I've been trying to do that more, putting trust in my in my players around me more before the tune is 
written and fully done and I say, this is what you do, I say, this is where I'm at now. What could we possibly do? And it's kind of an open forum for um, a practice or two. And then we, and we come together more as a group of musicians instead of I am a songwriter and you will play my tunes. You know, and I'm, I'm loving the way our new tunes are sounding that way. So. When you are recording a live album, what are the challenges? What are the most stressful things you have to deal with when you are recording your session? So the, the toughest thing is, is uh, the nerves are unbelievable. Like I don't, uh, I don't get nervous at shows. It doesn't matter how many people I'm playing for. because I know when I'm up on that stage that I'm going to be fine. I know I know these tunes. I know that if I miss a note, it's not the worst thing in the world. However, <laughs> on a live show um, that's going to be recorded and put onto a CD, a mistake in a guitar solo or a, a vocal line that's out of tune, or if I say my words wrong, you know, if I, if I do the wrong line, that will forever be there. And uh, that was the hardest part is when that sank in, it sank in the day of for me. I was like, oh, this has to be an hour of just doing everything you do perfectly. And I will say, I really do think we pulled it off, but man, the nerves going into that first tune were... Uh, it was it was crazy. I haven't felt those nerves um, performing in such a long time, um, and it was it was good. It keeps you keeps you feeling human. You're like, oh man, this is. I remember this. I remember why why you do this. Um, but that's the hardest thing. The logistics, all that stuff. That's all just planning. But the getting over the nerves, getting over the fear of um, this will be on something forever. That's a tough. That's a tough thing. I think. <laughs> so September 7 will be the official release of this new album. And then on September 9, Gateway City Arts will be the venue for our audience to enjoy of your live performance as a celebration of this new release. How do you feel about being able to now, after overcoming this stress, <laughs> yeah. do a live show featuring your new release? Oh, this is just going to be, you know, this is the party, essentially. You know, we've got the record. And I've got that same band that was on the record playing with me again. And I have one of my favorite, favorite, favorite bands in the area, the Franklin County Sweethearts, opening the show for us. And it's just going to be such a fun party night. We're going to have so much fun. We're going to play well, but we're also just going to have a ton of fun. Those nerves aren't going to be there. We're just going to be there with our, with our fans and supporters. And uh, sharing new art is wonderful. When it comes out and that CD is pressed and there's nothing else you can do to it and your nerves of, oh, I could change this or I could change this, when that's all gone because it's concrete, it, it, it's, it's just celebration of it. Like you said, you know, you're just celebrating this new thing and it's, it's an amazing experience. It's going to be a really, really fun night. And then, of course, after this release, there will be the marketing and the promotion of the of the album so what are the plans on that well this is the life of a of an independent kind of well local for this area musician we're all trying to figure it out you know we're all trying to figure it out so every podcast every radio show every blog every newspaper that i can get a feature in those are things i'm sending out um, every tuesday and thursday Those are my email days for like, I'm gonna send out 
band stuff. You know, I spend my morning and I get I get a strong cup of coffee and, and put on a record and that's what I do. And uh, you know, a lot of it, 50% of it is like, all right, I'm gonna contact someone in Montana and see if I can book a date out in Montana and make a tour out of it or something. So that's a good amount of it. But the other half is, here's this blog I heard of, here's this podcast I heard of, and I, I reach out to them and promotion is just, so important, you know, because uh, if my record gets released on September 7th and 150 people come to Gateway City Arts and it's an amazing time and I sell, let's say, 70 CDs that night or something, that's great. But if I never do anything on top of that, then I've sold 70 CDs and that's about it. That's about it. So I've got to, you just got to keep working on this lasting uh, presence, whether it be through Instagram and well, it's all the stuff. It's Instagram, it's Facebook, it's it's being on podcasts, it's being on everything, and just constantly trying. You know, just constantly reaching out. <laughs> so that's that's the. Uh, I wish I had a, a five step plan or anything, but it's just nope. I'm just going to try a lot. <laughs> uh. And that is why we're so glad that we are able to do this session today because it's not only for our audience to enjoy of your music and know about all the work behind this album and behind your, your work overall, but to also let people know how real and how, how much of effort and energy and work is behind making music. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just all this stuff, you know, I, um, I have um, called a day job. I, I teach music. Um, three days a week, and that's how I pay my bills, uh, or pay the majority of my bills. But then uh, Thursday through Thursday through Sunday, it's not time off. It's my second job, and my second job is is this, you know. And and I love it. It's not it's it's not the worst work you could do in the world. It, it's it's very very fun. It's just if you don't put in the constant effort, it's not going to happen. You know, the idea of. Um, well, the Sunset Strip or something, and you're going to be playing this club and some A&R person's going to come in and sign you. Sure, someone might get signed that way, but 99.9% of people don't, don't, don't make their living in music that way. You know, we just try constantly, and it's hundreds of, e literally hundreds of emails a week. That is like, I cannot stress that enough. <laughs> hundreds of emails a week, constantly reaching out to other musicians in the area, constantly just seeing what you can do, where you can play, working on your craft, finding time to practice. Um, so it's, it's tough work, it's fun work, but it's, it is work, you know, it really, really, really is. <laughs> what will be your dream gig? It could be maybe a venue, could be a collaboration with specific artists. Yeah, so I've got a few of these, but I'll um, um, I'll narrow it down to where I want to ideally be. So I don't want to be um, uh, John Mayer. You know, I don't want to play huge stadiums. I just don't, that's not, sure, if it happens, I'll gladly do it. You know, I'll gladly, gladly, gladly do that. But that's not where I want to play. I really want to play um, the big room at Gateway City Arts. I want to play the Calvin Theater. I want to play these places all around the country. So if I could play for a few thousand people in every city around the country, what an amazing life that is, you know. And then you get, um, there's two venues that I hold in super high regard, um, one is Newport Folk Festival. I've been to it 
um, I believe eight times I've been, and it's kind of like my, sadly I didn't get to go this year. Um, but I, there's, it's just a wonderful thing for me. Um, so I'd love to be on that stage, any of those stages. If you just put me as a performer on any of those stages, I would be over the moon. Um, and the other is Red Rocks Amphitheater because who wouldn't want to play there? You know, that's, uh, so if I could, if I could do one or either or, uh, whatever, you know, I'd, I'd be, those are kind of my, those are at the top there. <laughs> I'd be very happy. And as for collaboration? Collaboration, man, there's just so many. Um, I'd have to say all my friends make fun of me all the time because I'm so obsessed with Josh Ritter. And I bring him up all the time because I know way too much about him. Um, but it would have to be him. You know, he's been the, since I was, uh, gosh, 13 or 14. He's been kind of my guiding light as a songwriter. I've tried to mimic my career after him. He got signed. Uh, here's, my, here's one of my funny facts about him. He got signed to Signature Sounds Records in Northampton. That was his first label, a, a kid from um, Idaho. He had just come out of college and he got signed to Signature Sounds. And so he has such a huge connection to this area and that uh, everything about his career. If I could mimic that to a T, then I'll take it. I'd love it. <laughs> so this is the oldest stories and everything that is behind the songs that we listen when an album is released. And for sure, there must be more and more stories on the process of writing them or figuring out this is how do you want it to be for the final product and then rehearsing and oh, yeah. then getting together an agreement. This is what we want to play. This is how we want to play it. Yeah. It's, I have songs um, that, uh, that have been in my Well, I wrote them, say, two years ago, like right when Mountain Glow came out, and I had these tunes already ready to go. Um, the next record I'm planning is going to have kind of a theme to it. So these tunes that I wrote two years ago still might not even see a record, if they see a record at all, until maybe four years from now, when the record after this like themed record come to be. And the great thing about that is I have demos of some of these tunes Well, that date back two years and they keep getting revamped, they keep getting reworked. And I think there's something really special about sitting with a song for a really long time. And well, I hope it, I hope that stuff shows, you know, because uh, we put so much effort into it. We want, we want people to hear the best product we can make. So, <laughs> so for people who want to know more about your work, who actually may be interested on booking you for, for events, for presentations, yeah. uh, for connection, collaboration. How can people find you? So the best, um, the best place is go to greghallband.com. Uh, that's where I keep really all the information you need. I'm also, um, I do Facebook. If you search Greg Hall and the Barnhouse Band, then I'm on there. Um, but my, where I spend most of my time is Instagram. Um, my name there is Greg Hall Music, and I'm, I'm on it more than I should be. So if you send me a message there or follow me or whatever, I'll, I'll definitely get in contact with you. There's also my email if you prefer to do that. It's greg at greghallband.com. And all this information, of course, is available in the posting of this episode on our website, radioplasma.com, so that way this connection is open and available for everyone who wants to get to know more about Greg's music and interaction with his work, his process. And you have to let us know as soon as the YouTube activity resumes. Yeah, the, the plan is, it's um, I'm saying September or October, just in case this record release really 
bogs us down for for some reason. I don't uh, time wise, you know. But the the goal is we're going to come back with an amazing local um, country singer that I know named Rosie Porter, and that's going to be our um, our first one back. And I've already got a couple bands in the waiting in the wings to get in further, but if any local band is interested, you know, I can't guarantee that everyone's going to get on, but at least contact me. I'm so interested. Um, I'm in the folk country world, but I want any person to contact me that is creating music, releasing music, because it's cross-platform is very important. You know, most of the players in my band play in this funk band, um, Mameldap. And they're, they play funk and rock and, and stuff, but when they play with me, they play folk and country. And they're so good at it, you know? And it's, it's we get to, musicians ourselves, we get too stuck in genre. We get too stuck at being like, oh, I shouldn't talk to them because they don't play the genre I play. And it's like, well, we all, we all play music. You know, it's all the same language. So anyone should contact me about it. Actually, I don't know if you noticed that I haven't mentioned anything about genres or, or yeah. specific styles of music because, The more I listen to that need for labeling music, the less I believe in whoever is trying to promote it because mm -hmm. now it's all about what are you bringing to the table because some people may understand or feel like, okay, country, maybe for others, it sounds more like folk. Yeah. And for others, it sounds like anything of the sort is yeah. exactly like I said. Music. It's music, and 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 we've run into a a problem. Well, not not a problem. Just a we've run into something with booking lately, where the full band name for me is Greg Hall and the Barnhouse Band. I'm dropping the Barnhouse Band name within the next within within the coming months, and we're gonna come out with a new. I have it all planned. I'll do a big announcement for it. But um, the problem with the Barnhouse Band name is when when they promote us, they expect this very modern radio country thing. And when I don't deliver that, they don't enjoy it. And it, it drives me a little crazy because I, I say, uh, they have all the stuff in the email of when they book me of, here's what my songs actually sound like. Here's the cover tunes of me playing Johnny Cash and Willie Nelson, not modern country. You know, it's like if you just spend a little time to like actually see what I do, then you would... Um, You would do it, but it, it's tough. It's like we have to, in our email, say, I am a folk country band or something, but I really wish we could just take genres down. I just write songs, and they just happen to sound folky and country -y. That's it. <laughs> so could it be possible to listen one more song? Let's do it, yeah. Let me um, put on this capo. So I started, I started with Diamond of the Valley, and uh, I'm going to play you another song. Um, about the valley. This is called. This is called Mountain Glow. Um, this was the title track off my 2016 record, um, and it, it is also on the live recording. We did it a little bit different. Um, any song that's a repeat on this live record is done a little bit different because there's something so fun about the chance to do that. Um, so this is called Mountain Glow. It's about. Well, it's about driving past Mount Tom like I've done just so many times. And uh, something struck me really different one night. And I, I went home and I, I wrote, I just wrote this tune real quick, like 30 minutes. So here we go. Mm -hmm. 
time after time Time after time after time I need to see This is Greg Hall, and we're listening a little sample, a little teaser of what it will be, the live presentation and the celebration of the release of the live album that is going to be released on September 7th, and then his show on September 9th, Gateway City Arts, 92 Ray Street, Holyoke, Massachusetts. Greg, Thank you so much oh, thank for, you. for being here, for sharing your music, your work, and the story behind this live album. Yeah, thank you, thank you for having me. This has been, this has been a, real, a real good time. Thank you. And you know you can follow Greg on Instagram and through social media, and as soon as that YouTube <laughs> channel resumes content, we will be taking a look at it, and who knows, maybe reaching out to do some some capturing of those sessions i feel that sounds that's, great yeah. that's another way to keep making this network grow and, and exactly yeah the more people wanting to be involved the more people involved you know if it's all helping us get together and and move it further then i'm i'm on board with all of that so that sounds great well greg thank you so much for being here with us on radio plasma oh thank you This is Greg Hall, and this live session has been recorded here on the Plasma Media Lab in the Gandara Youth Development Center in Holyoke, Mass. I'm your producer and host, Johan Rashivega. Thank you for listening.